Join the Wax Country Club for ways to win every day. Membership has its privileges. Join now at 20inarowax.com. Friday morning, uh, Memorial Day weekend here on 20 in a row, Wax 104.5. little drizzle out there this morning, and I think we'll see more clouds and drizzle over the next, I don't know, two, three, four days than we see sunshine. So, again, the hay's not ready yet anyway. We've got more field observations from our county agents as far as uh, what those stands look like. We'll pass that along to you. Lots of chores to do here at the Shank of the Day on Wax. I'm Bob. And I'm Scott. In the studio this morning. So, uh, and you finally got your job done. 
<laughs> I found out from Revolution Coffee that they are not yet totally open for sit-down customers, but they're working on that, and hopefully by the end of the weekend or through the weekend, they will have limited seating available. That's in downtown Black River Falls, of course, and they still have, you can walk in now and get your order, or they'll deliver it to the curb, and locally, of course, they continue their delivery service. All right, so that's the latest on Revolution Coffee down in Black River Falls. Well, (laughs) We got a lot of things to talk about this morning, and including, as we said, a little update on what's going on with the alfalfa progress. Fair update. Dunn County Fair, you were saying they made some decisions over in the Menominee area. That's right. The county board actually uh, passed a resolution on the 20th saying that they want to modify their normal operations. The fair is basically canceled no no rides no carnival no beer gardens or anything like that and they have in their resolution that it will consist only of 4-h and other youth group related activities that can be conducted remotely but that all other elements of the fair are are off i wonder what they mean by conducted remotely are they going to allow the animals into the fairgrounds and judge them uh we're going to have to do some more but it sounds like uh, Majority of the Dunn County Fair has been uh, has been canceled, and the dates for that, by the way, were are June, July, rather July twenty first through the twenty fifth. All right, so we'll get more on that. But again, uh, don't plan to go to rides, or I don't know what that means for. They always have stock car races on Friday night, some of that stuff. So we'll have to see. But we'll do further checking. But that's an update on that state fair. They're still trying to decide, right? That's right. The state fair also. As uh, state fair officials are going to be announcing soon uh, whether they're going to move ahead with that fair in August. Uh, John Yingling, the uh, board president of the state fair, says, of course, that crowd size is the biggest issue. You know, the fair can draw 140,000 people on a good weekend. Yeah, on a good day, they can draw that many people. And also, I was thinking about this driving around. I was out on the west side of Eau Claire, driving around out to 12 towards Elk Mound where the old outdoor theater used to be. And I said, jeepers, that's what we're missing. And uh, I just found out, you were talking about the other day, I know, that uh, Northern Wisconsin State Fairgrounds is going to have a 40-foot screen for a movie. It's a portable screen they're going to bring in Saturday night. So if you're looking for something to do Saturday night... And, uh, you know, take the kids that have never been to an outdoor theater. You know, you got a little transmitter, and you put it on your car radio for the audio. But gates open at 6.30. Cars should be in place by 8 o'clock. Movie starts at 8.45. Now, you can go to 20inarowwax.com to find out more now and buy your tickets for Saturday night's big drive-in movie. And uh, I don't know if they're going to continue to do this through, uh, I don't know, through the next few weeks or not. But that's... yeah. You ever been? Did they have a loyal outdoor bijou when they you were growing not, up? They did not, but they had the ten thirteen drive-in at Marshfield, and uh, you know we never. What had happened the, to that? Well, yeah, well it 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 changed <laughs> over the years into another turned, kind of establishment. Turned into the rear end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, and they never did that. This right. new technology yeah. with that radio transmitter. Yeah, that's kind of nice. I yeah, mean, you don't back have in that the day, big box in your car. hung that box yeah. and. So, you know the the what movies could you watch through steamed up windshields anyway? Well, that was your problem. I never had that problem. <laughs> we, we left the windows down. Oh. <laughs> but again, that's Saturday night, Northern Wisconsin State Fairgrounds, outdoor theater. Haven't uh, seen it. I think there are still a few, but uh, not many. Used to have around Madison. We had a couple Badger, the Big Sky, and absolutely out here we had a couple around Eau Claire. So again. Saturday night, take the kids, because a lot of kids uh, haven't seen that. So, uh, again, always something to do here in the Chippewa Valley. We'll talk about our weather. A little drizzle at 61 right now. We'll get below 70 today, but mostly a cloudy sky. Not much sun. No, sir, I ain't been drinking. I ain't even had one beer. This sweet thing's got me buzzing from whispering in my ear. Just take a peek up in here at this little hot mess. Mister, you'll understand I'm doing my best and I know I'm all over the road I can't help but go Little bit of left, little bit of right It's hard to drive with her hands 
get no ticket, don't want to cause no wreck. It's hard to concentrate with her pretty little lips on my neck. I say, girl, take it easy. She laughs, says it'll be fine. How am I supposed to keep it between the lines? Yeah, I know I'm all over the road. And I can't help but go. Little bit of left, little bit of right. It's hard to drive with her hand over here on my knee. And she's all over. Easton Corbin on a Friday morning. Might see a little drizzle now. When you get into the rain over the weekend, uh, could get upwards of a half an inch down lacrosse for Oakwa country, not so much further north. But uh, again, it looks like kind of a cloudy weekend and uh, not good haymaking weather, and the hay's not really ready yet anyway. All right, it's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. Here's some of the news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. President Trump is again defending his administration's response to the coronavirus outbreak. Terry Moore reports on Trump's comments to reporters outside the White House. Trump rejected criticism that his administration reacted too slowly in February and March. I was so early. I was earlier than anybody thought. I put a ban on people coming in from China, but I was way early. Trump also said the reopening of the country continues to go well. I want to get our country back to normal. I want to normalize. He again raised unsubstantiated claims about mail-in voting. We don't want anyone to do mail-in ballots because it's going to lead to total election fraud. Some states are moving aggressively toward mail-in voting due to ongoing concerns about the coronavirus outbreak. I'm Terry Moore, NBC News Radio. Joe Biden has got an eight-point lead in a new national Fox News poll. Biden had 48% support compared to Trump's 40%. The same survey last month had the opponents tied at 42 percent. The poll also shows the presumptive Democratic nominee with a major advantage among senior voters and independents. Most Americans say they have worn a mask in public to help stop the spread of the coronavirus. That includes both Democrats and Republicans. A new survey from the Democracy Fund and the UCLA Nationscape Project found that more than four out of five people have covered their face during the pandemic, including 90 percent of people ages 65 and older. A new book aims to help children understand why the world is changing amid the pandemic. Why We Stay Home is an illustrated story that explains the virus and how to stay safe. Two medical students created it. They say they wanted a fun resource for parents to explain what's going on. And finally, there's something for anyone who's ever been torn between Frosted Flakes and Fruit Loops. The two favorites are now combined in one box. Kellogg's put them together and appropriately called it mashups. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Ah, give me cornflakes or Cheerios or Rice Krispies, all those fruity cereals. You like those fruity cereals? I don't, and I have to. The big question that I always have is, do you like the cornflakes after they've soaked in the milk and gotten kind of mushy, <laughs> or do you like them crispy? That's always oh, a big contention. Oh, the question thing. of the day. Well, you yep. ponder that with your revolution. I'm a mushy guy. A I'm yeah, a mushy well, guy. I'm not surprised. <laughs> All right, weather, well, it could get a little mushy out there as we're going to get some moisture. Hi, it's Steve Mann. Have you heard the commercials for the Mark Patrick Stop Smoking seminars? And they said only forty nine ninety nine, and it could work for you. So I thought, that's not even a week's worth of smoking. So I went. And guess what? It did work for me. You know, my friends and family are still amazed. I quit smoking. I didn't have cravings, anxiety, or weight gain. Listen, I don't know how it works, but I know it works because I'm living proof, and it's 100% guaranteed. So what do you got to lose? I'll tell you what you got to lose. 
a very bad habit. Stop smoking now without cravings, irritability, weight gain, or your money back. Only $49.99 guaranteed. Hypnosis designed to work without anxiety, irritability, or weight gain. Because of coronavirus, the seminar is now online live with America's hypnotist Mark Patrick in the comfort and safety of your living room. Live online seminar for the greater Eau Claire area will be held live Saturday, June 6th. Register now. Only $49.99 guaranteed at MarkPatrickSeminars.com. That's MarkPatrickSeminars.com. Smith Funeral Chapel, smithfuneralchapelec.com. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, our weather's kind of changing now. Cloudy and uh, drizzle and rain probably the next few days. Today, just mostly cloudy. Don't look for a lot of rain today. As high as going to get into low, low, mid-70s today. Cloudy overnight, about 60. Saturday morning and into Saturday only going to be a high about 70 and there is a chance of rain later on with a better chance of rain where we may see a few storms on sunday the highs are going to be 80 and around eau claire maybe a tenth to two tenths of an inch down around lacrosse and Viroqua, it could be up towards a half an inch of rain so not a, a gully washer by any means and again at, at an 80 on sunday chance of rain on monday again about 75 and sun coming out on tuesday 77 Right now, around the countryside, it's 60 over in Green Bay. Milwaukee's at 55. Madison Sun Prairie at 58. Wausau's also at 58. Marshfield at 60. Rice Lake, 61, 55. And Medford, La Crosse is 62. And it's 61 right now in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls area. And we've got six minutes after five and more numbers to share. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Every home has have-to-dos and probably some want-to-dos. The Home Depot can help you do both with the things you need to make things work a little better or take care of something you've been meaning to do. Maybe do something to start summer. We have the low prices to make it all doable. Order online and get free delivery on orders over $45. Whatever you need to do or want to do, we can help you get it done. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Some delivery exclusions apply. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our early morning look at the markets on this Friday morning. And Scott, cash livestock here at the end of the week. Fed beef steers are at 105 to 114. Fed beef heifers, 102 to 114. Fed Holstein steers are at 76 to 89, with cows 47 to 60 and a half. Bulls are at 51 to 82 and a half. On the hog side, butcher hogs are at 29 to 32. Sows, 25 to 35. And boars, 12 and down. Shorn and unshorn market lambs are at 95 to 165. And feeder lambs are at 150 to 210. And taking a look at the futures for the livestock, they were mixed. Cattle prices were a little higher. Live cattle, June at 98.80, that was up 40 cents. August, 98.22, that was up uh, 60 cents. October, live cattle contracts, 99.90 at the close, up 27. And December at 102.80, up 7. Feeder cattle were lower, though, yesterday. August, 128.87, that closed 12 cents lower. September feeders, 130.12, down 37. October down 30 at 131.17. And November feeder cattle down a dime at 132.02. Lean hog carcass contracts were higher. June, 59.35 at the close, up 247. We had July at 57.17, up 137. August at 55.27, up 72. And the October hog contract, 51.10, down 15. And on the uh, Board of Trade, no buyers in the market yesterday. Prices were lower and still concerned about the virus around the world as they had more diagnoses positive around the world yesterday than any day previously. So pressure on those prices. And overnight, July corn dropped another penny from the day trade, now sitting at 316 a bushel. Oats up a penny for July at 320 a bushel. And been doing this for a long time. And Scott, I know you've been in business a long time too doing things, but... 
That's How many good. times where the oat price has been higher than the corn price? And that makes sense that one of my uh, neighbors out there said, I'm not planting much corn this year. I'm going to plant oats. Yeah, he sees these markets. But corn, 316 wow. oats at 320 this morning. July wheat down a nickel at 511. Soybeans down a nickel at 829. Meal down 30 cents a ton at 282.20. Barrel cheese up three and three quarters, $1.89. The blocks up one and three quarters, 193 and three quarters. Double A butter up three quarters, 164 and a quarter. Class three, a little give back from. Uh, well, it's been a pretty good week. May down nine cents yesterday at twelve twenty. June down eight at seventeen sixty-three. July also down eight cents, seventeen oh six. August down sixteen at sixteen fifty-three. September down a dime at sixteen forty-four. Prices were mixed into twenty twenty-one. So that's a look at our markets this morning. Courtesy of the folks at Rural Mutual Insurance. Ten minutes after five, a little drizzle out there, cloudy day. And that pretty much is going to be the way it is probably through Memorial Day. Looking for the best prices for your livestock? Then Terrain Livestock Market is the place to take them. Terrain Livestock is conveniently located a mile and a half north of Thorpe on Highway 73 with sales every Monday and Wednesday. Terrain Livestock Market features a clean, modern facility and for your convenience, a drive through area. For more information, call 715-669-7127. Terrain Livestock Market, striving to be the best market of choice for your livestock. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And again, earlier this week, Joe Biden, who is the presumptive Democratic candidate for president, talked with a panel of farmers from around Wisconsin who had a chance to, to question him about his position on many issues in agriculture among those was uh, Darren Von Ruden, the president of the Wisconsin Farmers Union, himself a dairy farmer. And uh, let's hear Darren ask Mr. Biden a question about, uh, well, obviously, dairy. You said one thing that really sticks true to what's happening in the dairy industry, Wisconsin's number one industry. Ten uh, percent of our farmers went out of business last year. Yep. The year before that, we lost 8% of our farmers in the state of Wisconsin, and it all boils down to economics. Uh, I think the other comment that you made in your opening remarks, too, that uh, really sticks true to farmers' beliefs is that we want to get our income from the marketplace. We don't want to That's right. have to continue to take those government uh, handouts, but when you're stressed and we need them, you take them. Um, so how do we... How do we get to a system where farmers have more control over their own destiny uh, is probably the biggest question. And that's something that Wisconsin Farmers Union has been working on over the last three years is looking at a growth management program in the dairy industry and how farmers can control their own destiny by making sure that they're um, not wasting our most number one natural resource in water. Uh, it takes a lot of water to produce, produce really any agricultural product. And so why are we producing and continuing to overproduce um, all commodities, not just milk, but corn, soybeans, uh, fruits and vegetables? Uh, you know, we're seeing because of the coronavirus now um, issues of having to just dump milk, uh, euthanize uh, hogs and chickens and pigs uh, be simply because we don't have the slaughtering capacity to deal with it because the workers in the plants are sick. And, you know, I think it's uh, really one thing when uh, the president uses his uh, presidential authorities for war powers, but when you're asking uh, uh, combat warriors, which meat plant workers are, to go in unprotected, it. um, it's like sending our military into a war without weapons. Uh, you know, it's just frustrating as a farmer to have to see, uh, you know, our my fellow farmers uh, destroying animals and destroying crops uh, because of the system that we currently have. I think, you know, one of the other things that we we really need to look at and focus on is bringing those dollars back into rural communities. Uh, it's been said by the other guests here too that, you know, rural communities really are, are the backbone of what happens uh, around the state and around the country, really. And once you start losing uh, the, the backbone of those communities, which is the businesses, um, the farmers, you lose the whole community. And we're seeing way too much of that here in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, you know, getting to the trade issues, uh, farmers from around the country spent millions of dollars building up uh, trade partners in other countries. And really overnight with the president's 
uh, trade wars that he started back in 2017, um, farmers lost those uh, those partners. And like any other business, if you're a bad partner, you're a bad salesman. Um, you don't get to you don't get to sell again. Uh, they find somebody else to deal with, and that's exactly what's happening with a lot of the countries right now. They found another partner to buy their goods from, and when you look at agriculture uh, as a number one uh, business in the state of Wisconsin, uh, we're, we're really struggling right now because we're not getting that uh, income coming in because our foreign markets have disappeared. Uh, you know, really in agriculture, we really took a double whammy with the trade wars that were started. Uh, number one, we lost uh, our income. Uh, a lot of places dropped by 25 to 30%. Um, and then we turn around and try to buy the materials that we need to keep our businesses running, and those prices raise 20%. And that's Darren Von Ruden, not Joe Biden. And uh, Darren, well, I thought he was going to ask a question, but uh, a little dissertation there by Darren, but he brings up all the points that we're facing, and we'll uh, dive through that and uh, see what uh, Joe Biden has to say in answer to those comments and uh I don't know if Darren ever got to a question there or not, but we got about over an hour of raw audio, and so uh, had to kind of do that on the fly. So yep. we'll check on that and see what, so what's going on. But uh, what else is 60 minutes after 5 o'clock? What else is going on in the world of anchor? Speaking of, uh, you know, asking questions, journalism work like we do, an awfully good guy is having a big day today. He is the guy who kind of gave me the start in journalism, Bob Berglund over at Loyal. The Tribune Record Gleaner, longtime publisher, 90 years old today. What a guy. Still writes an article. And he still writes over the back fence. You bet. taught a lot of people a lot of things over that back fence. I've known Bob for a long time. Great guy. And uh, see him a lot of times. You get over to Loyal for different events. Still active. Still going. Last time I saw him anyway. And so, Bob, happy birthday. Bob Berglund over in Loyal, 90 today. That's great. Super stuff. And keep on doing your thing. What else is going on? Well, earlier this week, Governor Tony Evers said he's going to set aside $50 million in direct disaster aid payments to state farmers. That money is part of the $2 billion coming from to the state from the latest federal government assistance program. And the latest numbers show the industry can use every one of those dollars because of the coronavirus and trade disruptions. For dairy farmers in the state, their losses in just February and March amounted to about $66 million with losses for the year now pegged at hundreds of millions of dollars. The pandemic has also meant we've lost 25% of our hog industry in Wisconsin with dollar losses this year expected to be about $45 million. Our beef industry is taking a bigger hit with lost packing plant capacity and lower prices. Beef farmers are expected to lose up to $200 million this year. Potato growers are looking at losses this year, reaching as high as $100 million. Soybean growers could also lose as much as $100 million. Corn farmers are looking at a $50 an acre drop in revenue, while cranberry growers are also looking at millions of dollars lost in revenue this year. More details are coming out about what's going to be involved in farmers getting more direct financial aid through the recently passed Coronavirus Food Assistance Program. The program's rules say farmers will get 80% of their total payout right away with the remaining 20% coming later in the year. Those payments will be based on the market price drops from the middle of January through the middle of April. One big change in this program is an increase in the payment cap from $125,000 per individual to as much as $750,000, depending on how many principals there are in the farm operation. Dairy farmers' payments will be based on their milk production for the first quarter of this year, multiplied by the national milk price decline over that same period. All right, so look at some of the news. Also, uh, before we uh, move on a little further here, county agents are out in the alfalfa stands now, again, evaluating them in Memorial Day, a little earlier this uh, year than than normal, but uh, again, we're we're a ways away. We're shooting for 175, 180 to cut. Well, Jerry Clark was out in the field in the Boyd area. It's the 255 relative feed value, relative forage value, 13 inches tall, so it's got a ways to go to stretch out, and it is in the vegetative stage. Also, Richard Halopk over in central Wisconsin, he's been out in the field too, in Dorchester, a field 
Relative uh, feed value of 275. The height's only 10 inches. In the Curtis area, same story, 275 and 10 inches tall. In Loyal, relative feed value of about uh, 265, and that's about 12 inches tall. And in the Granton area, relative feed value of 250, and the height is 13 inches on uh, that particular stand. So, again, don't worry about the moisture over Memorial Day weekend, hopefully with some uh, heat next week. I think about, uh, you know, it's going to be in the 70s for the most part. Cool day is going to be Saturday at 70, but then 77 on Tuesday, 75 on Monday, so and back to sunshine in the middle of the week. And that, that hail girl, we got plenty of time to make hay. All right, we're going to hear from John Umhofer with the Wisconsin Cheesemakers. That's next right here on Wax. We're open, and we're on a mission to make a difference. At Prestige Kia, we're practicing payment distancing. I think you mean social distancing. Yes, we are practicing social distancing. And during our stimulus sales event, Prestige Kia is practicing payment distancing. For a limited time, get 120 days deferred payments on select new 2020 Kias and get zero APR for 75 months. That's zero interest and no payments till September. Need a little trade-in stimulus? Prestige Kia wants your trade. Even if you owe up to $10,000 more than your old car is worth. So you can drive home a new Kia for less. At Prestige Kia, we know bad things can happen to good people. So our lenders will push to approve your credit, even if it's less than perfect. Save thousands at our dealership in a clean, safe space. Or online with touchless delivery. Only at Prestige Kia. Home of the Prestige Kia Lifetime Warranty. Just one mile north of I-94 on Highway 93 in Eau Claire. Or visit spendlessgetmore.com. Model number 45282. Zero APR is 1313 per thousand finance. Payments deferred. Interest accrues from date of sale with approved credit through KMF. See dealer for details. Sale ends 53120. Keep it at Rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All of us here at the Midwest Farm Report, we're watching the markets on a daily basis. You could lose your mind trying to figure out why there are the ebbs and flows that there are. It's Josh Scramlin here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. There has been a pleasant surprise, though, recently in the last couple of weeks. If you think about it, uh, the dairy markets, the fluid milk contracts have been rising, and then we've also seen a lot of movement in the cheese market. And Caitlin, uh, you recently spoke with some uh, other good folks at the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association, and uh, they're trying to figure out why we're seeing this huge rally just as much as we are. That's right, Josh. And it was exciting to not only see those numbers go up, but how quickly they spiked. This is Caitlin Riley on the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse. And I didn't want to assume that that rise was because of last week's state Supreme Court decision to do away the safer at home order. So I called down. Uh, so I called John on paper. He's the executive director of the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association. And I called him because I remembered being on a conference call with him when everything first started shutting down in Wisconsin. And he shared some numbers that surprised me about the outlets for our cheese market. Yeah, I think it is a surprise to a lot of people, but half the cheese in Wisconsin moves into food service channels, the restaurants, the schools, the hotels and destinations around the country and around the world. It's a surprising number because we think of uh, food at the grocery store, but really half the cheese in Wisconsin goes through those other channels. And do we have any idea why? Is it just because when we sit down at a restaurant, that's when we get that hankering for cheese curds? <laughs> that might be the explanation. That, that's a great deal of it, by the way. Wisconsin is by far and away the leader of the cheese curds you have at restaurants all over the country. I know that Things have been tough, and we've seen the milk prices slipping, but then last week we kind of had the surprise when the Wisconsin Supreme Court threw out the Safer at Home order, and my dad sent me a text message and said, go check out the block and cheese barrel prices. John, do you have any rhyme or reason for why we're seeing the spike? Right. There was a big spike. We saw the real marker for the industry, the block cheddar price at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, jump up 57 cents by May 15th, by the end of last week. And just that's an enormous jump in one week. And it's great news. We see the pipeline refilling for the food service side. We see the orders coming back that had disappeared from chain restaurants and from uh, hotels and such. They're, they're starting to restock. Uh, the market reacted immediately to that and seeing that, that there was going to be a product pulled off the shelf and, and needed right away. So butter, too, rose up 29 cents last week. Is it too soon yet to be optimistic that this could be the turnaround that we've been waiting for? Well, I think it is, but I think we're on a bit of a roller coaster. I think you'll see stocks replenish around the country, and then you'll have a lull again uh, because that food then has to be eaten. 
So I think this year will always feel like a bit of a roller coaster. You may not see that play out in the markets, but you may see the price rise and then stall out and, and hopefully rise again. So it's not just, a, I think, a one-time rise. I think we're going to see the market ebb and flow as people kind of get back in the swing of dining out. And you work very closely with our cheesemakers out there. What have they been doing to adapt and adjust? And I've even seen a lot of them are getting more active on virtual sites like social media. Right. For a lot of people, uh, this has been a very tough time, obviously. Uh, there are some who relied entirely on restaurants for their cheese sales. This has impacted large companies and small, and, and some of the very smallest are ones that make those really fine gourmet specialty cheeses that really had the restaurant targeted, the uh, farmer's market, and those outlets, you know, having been gone for a couple months, it was really devastating on that side. But you did see a resurgence in the web sales and a lot of effort among the people to share what they saw people posting and with hope that is going to keep some of our real great uh, small cheesemakers uh, alive and kicking through uh, this and, and get them back on track. And what have you thought of some of the efforts that we've seen from dairy promotion groups, business leaders, and so on, who have donated to not only get milk out there into food pantries, but I've even heard of programs like Curds for Kids where they're taking these donations and trying to move this surplus off the market? Yeah, there's been two great tracks. One is private efforts by uh, people like the dairy promotion organizations and, and private companies and cooperatives enormous donations to uh, regional food banks and to food pantries around the country. Great to see, just needed right away. And also then there was the effort to get USDA involved, and, and they did come through in a big way. And the biggest thing they did was over $300 million worth of purchasing just a few weeks ago for the food box program they created. And, and the box that could be created was, uh, in some cases, uh, fluid milk, for pantries, and another was uh, dairy products. And so a lot of cheese is being put into boxes that are ready for people to grab at a food bank and feed their families. So both the government efforts and the private efforts were, were great to see, and uh, I think you'll see them continue. And I like how you mentioned before that this has unfortunately impacted all aspects of the cheesemakers, large and small, but what is it about Wisconsin that has such a wide diversity of cheesemakers, how does that impact our brand when we can not only push out a high volume of certain products, but also high quality of some of our more niche products? Well, it's true. Wisconsin has it all. And I think that's because you saw this industry grow organically for 100 years. This is not something where people have started the dairy industry and so they cherry pick the, the biggest best new technology and, and open giant factories. This is an industry that started with uh, families and with small co-ops. There was 2,000 places where cheese was made in Wisconsin. Now there's about 200. So you've got an industry that really grew up with family knowledge of how to make cheese. We've got the licensed cheesemakers in the state, the only state that licenses its cheesemakers. There's just a tradition here of making a wide variety of cheese, uh, large and small. And it, it, it serves us well because it, it's great for the brand. We can tout having, you know, the best specialty cheeses in the country and then making great mozzarella and great cheddar, too. We have it all. And I know our Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association, you guys are very active in a lot of our cheese competitions where we pit the best of the best, not only in Wisconsin, but even around the globe against each other. How has this pandemic possibly impacting some of those competitions, especially when we have big events like the Wisconsin State Fair, where we don't even know if that's going to happen? It's true, and we've seen that already taking effect. Uh, we, just by chance, were able to hold our World Championship Cheese Contest in March before a lot of, a lot of this hit, and we managed to have that uh, great event. It happens only every other year. But we just did hear that the American Cheese Society has canceled their contest for this summer. I know a lot of the county fairs are canceling uh, competitions, so unfortunate timing there for some of those. But, you know, we believe this will all be coming back, and then we'll all have a chance again next spring and next summer to hold these events. So we'll be back at our championship cheese contest. And again, that's uh, our Caitlin Riley talking to John Elmhofer with the Wisconsin Cheese Makers. And again, some of those events have been canceled, but as he said, they got the World Cheese Championships in down there in Madison and 
that's always quite an event. Every other year they do that. So, again, it's just the way the world is. And, and Scott, you were mentioning earlier, we talked about it, uh, the Dunn County Fair Board and the Dunn County Board has made a decision. We're not completely clear on what it means, but there will be some fair activity in Dunn County this summer, right? Of some sort. Organizers have said the rides, the concerts, the beer garden, and the food will all be put on hold this year because of the coronavirus situation. But they ask you to watch their website because they're still working on ideas for some kind of maybe remote or some kind of 4-H fair activity to to have at the Dunn County Fair July 21st through the 25th. All right, we'll call some of those folks and get in touch with them and just kind of clarify what they're talking about here. I don't know how you you judge a class of hogs remotely, but uh, <laughs> we'll see what they're talking about. It's 5.30 in the morning, and we're going to get to our weather. But first of all, we've got uh, some local news to get at. And uh, for me, maybe the, the lead story is this Saturday night at the Northern Wisconsin <laughs> State Fairgrounds in Chippewa Falls. Again, they're going to bring in a big 40-foot screen for the movies. And uh, how it's going to work, gates will open at 6.30, and if you're going, the cars have to be in place by 8 o'clock. The movies will start at 8.45. It's a pop-up drive-in movie for the whole family. They'll have concessions, and yes, proper social distancing and safety-first measures are in place. And if you want to get your tickets, go to 20inarowwax.com to find out more and buy your tickets for Saturday night's big drive-in movie. And I hope Mother Nature cooperates and uh, they can do that more than once because drive-in movies a lot of kids have never been to one so if nothing else it'll uh, yeah. expose the kids to something they've never seen before all right what else is going on well first of all i have to ask you what what's your biggest movie that you've ever seen in the drive-in theater what oh you say? wow boy i've seen so many I, we I, used to watch uh, we used to like to go to watch james bond Oh, that's yeah, Live and Let Die was one of my favorites yeah. in the drive-in. Yeah, uh, the drive-in movies with James Bond because absolutely. some of those special features they had. Uh, yep. <laughs> always like James Bond. And I usually saw about half of it anyway. Uh, but I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in the news, Governor Tony Evers yesterday announced a $100 million earmark for state long-term home and community-based services and emergency medical services. It's the latest piece of Wisconsin federal federal stimulus money that the governor has designated. The governor said long-term care facilities and community-based service providers have been hit hard by that coronavirus outbreak. Wisconsin's unemployment rate is more than triple what it was in March. The latest numbers from the federal government put the jobless rate in April at 14.1%. It was a 3.1% in March. The coronavirus is blamed, of course, for that jump in people who are out of work. The state has lost almost 440,000 jobs during that period. The state's Department of Health Services yesterday said 472 people uh, tested positive in the previous day. Uh, our 13,885 people in Wisconsin have tested positive for the coronavirus. 437 have died. The latest push to renovate Carson Park's uh, baseball stadium in Eau Claire could mean as much as $100,000. An anonymous donor this week offered to match up to $50,000 in donations to the stadium's Fill the Seats campaign. Anybody who gives $500 or more will get their own seat at the ballpark. And it's that time of year, of course. Here we are with uh, Memorial Day coming up. It's that time when we give our annual warning and the State Department of Transportation gives its annual warning to drivers to be extra careful on the road. The State Patrol and the State DOT yesterday said the Memorial Day weekend is the time for people to slow down, buckle up, put out, put away their phones, and don't drink and drive. Experts said this will be a lighter year for holiday travel, but that means millions of people will drive somewhere between today and Monday. Especially and with these gas prices where absolutely, they are. Absolutely. So take special care. And out of curiosity, are you aren't that uh, anonymous donor for the Carson Park. No, uh, but I'm glad to see that because Carson yeah. Park is a really a beautiful place and it does need some upgrading down underneath the bathrooms and some of those areas really can use some upgrading and put some, uh, you know, some offices in there. Uh, I think it's a great idea. It's a 
long overdue because it's a great venue, brings a lot of people in with the, you know, all the different teams that play there, led by the Express. It's uh, it'd be a good thing to have that upgraded. No it's question about it. Just a good place to go you in bet, most summers. You bet it is. Spend yep. a lot of time there. All right, thanks, Scott. Well, what about summer? What about the weekend? What about the weather? If we're going to the uh, outdoor movie at the Northern Wisconsin State Fairgrounds on Saturday night, Kelly Slifka is over there in the weather room, and we're going to find out from him at Skywarn 13. Well, I hope we don't have to turn the windshield wipers on during the outdoor movie, Kelly. Uh-oh. He's <laughs> he's already running for cover over there. He, he doesn't want to talk to us about our weather this morning, but uh, it does look like some moisture over the weekend. I'm not sure about Saturday night into Sunday, and that's why I was hoping Kelly would be here because he's got uh, more of a handle on the weather forecast than uh, than you or I do. But, uh, again, if he if I hear him popping in, we'll, we'll get him. But uh, so far I don't hear much activity over in the weather room. But we are looking for a mostly cloudy day today, probably the low 70s. But there he is. I hear his chair squeaking over there. Are you there, Kelly? Yeah, I just got in here, yep. All right. Well, we were talking about Saturday night at the Northern Wisconsin State Fairgrounds with the Outdoor Theater. We're going to have to have our windshield wipers on? Yeah, you might have to deal oh, with that. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us about it because it's going to change. It's going to be kind of dark and wet the next few days, huh? Yeah. And it's, uh, I guess the uh, the hard thing is the uh, timing. It looks like tomorrow we will see some of this rain moving into uh, western Wisconsin, probably later in the morning, and it may linger throughout most of the afternoon. Uh, down in the south, actually, maybe a couple of thunderstorms. It's going to be a slow-moving storm system. A lot of this should taper off a little bit later Saturday night. Timing, once again, not quite sure when. And then Sunday looks probably the driest day, if you will. We still have the chance of showers and storms, but I think they'll be a lot more scattered in activity. And it's going to be pretty warm and humid as a warm front pushes through. And we'll have that chance of showers and storms a little bit more likely going back into Monday. So it looks like if you want one day to maybe plan some kind of outdoor event uh, for the weekend uh, with less chances of rain, I guess, if you will, would be Sunday. Uh, Right now, we just have mostly cloudy skies, and that will continue for most of today. We should get up to about 73. There may be a few light showers developing late tonight. I don't think it'll be uh, too widespread, though. Low down to 60. Rain will be likely, and as uh, as mentioned, it looks like it'll be later tomorrow morning, continuing in the afternoon. And with the rain around, it'll keep our temperatures struggling to get up to 70. More humidity on Sunday, a chance for some showers and storms. Uh, temperatures in the uh, up to about 80, and then Monday we'll see showers and su- thunderstorms likely a high of uh, 75. Right now with cloudy skies, 60 degrees. I'm Scott Warren, 13 meteorologist Kelly Slifka. Sounds good, Kelly. Have a good weekend. You too, Kelly Slifka over there at Sky Warren, 13. Looking at our weather again, 60 right now. We'll get into the low 70s today. Weather brought to you by Bex Hybrids. Do your corn and soybeans have enough sulfur? Hey, it's Ben Pistol, your Bexfield agronomist in Wisconsin. Planting is wrapping up, and soon we'll be out in the fields making side dress applications. And there's really no better way to apply sulfur than in a side dress or even a top dress application. Many of us simply do not give our crops the proper amount of sulfur that they need in order to maximize yield. For instance, did you know that a 220-bushel corn crop requires about 33 pounds of sulfur? A 65-bushel soybean crop requires about 23 pounds of sulfur. At Bex, our practical farm research program has found that applying even as little as 5 pounds of sulfur during the growing season in soybeans can give us yield gains up to 4 bushels per acre. Now that's an excellent return on investment, even with grain prices where they're at. So from all of us at Bex, stay safe and have a great weekend. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we thank Bex Hybrids for bringing us our weather this morning. So you're aware of what's happening uh, weather-wise as this weekend is going on. We're not going to be making much hay this weekend, but uh, we do a little more farm news, Scott, on this Friday morning at Wax. What else is going on? When President Trump held that White House briefing earlier this week to announce the latest round of direct payments to farmers, he questioned Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue about why we are taking so many imported cattle. Purdue told him that's because of trade deals and that's that's what we've worked out with those countries for years. But the president responded that maybe it's time to change those deals, especially with countries that don't work with us, and he added, quote, that's the way we're going to handle it. And I was watching that. I just happened to be watching it the other afternoon when he did that. And the president was very pointed to the agriculture. Sonny Purdue was uncomfortable when he asked him that question mm-hmm. and came up. And he was, you could see, kind of walked slowly to the podium and, 
you know, how am I going to answer this? <laughs> yeah. But again, those are trade deals. And if you're up in Canada, you know that uh, most of their feedlots are within 100 miles of the border. Right. So they ship live cattle into the United States, have for years. And, uh, you know, that's part of that deal. But other countries, like the president said, countries that don't work with us, why are we taking their cattle? We're, we're going to change some of that. So it'll be interesting going mm-hmm. forward to see uh, what exactly he follows through with because, right. uh, again, he made the agriculture secretary uncomfortable the other day. Well, as we said, and if you've been listening, the weather forecast, not all that good for making hay over the weekend. You don't want to knock it down. But again, the latest evaluations of our alfalfa stands from our county agents around the area. Jerry Clark went out in the field in Boyd yesterday, and uh, an alfalfa stand in the Boyd area, 255 relative feed value, 13 and a half inches tall in the vegetative stage. So we'd like it to grow a little bit. Of course, the shorter it is, the more leaves per stem ratio, so the quality is going to be better. But we wanted about 175 is always their recommendation for knocking it down, and it's not there yet. And over in central Wisconsin, Richard Halopka, who's over there in in Clark, and uh, I believe Richard's responsibilities go into Marathon County now as well, don't they? I believe they do. They cross the county lines. Yeah, so Richard, uh, mainly around the, the Clark County area, in the Granton area, he went into his alfalfa stand, the relative feed value of 250. The height of that is 13 inches in the Loyal area. Relative feed value 265, the height just 12 inches. And in Curtis, 275 with a height of 10 inches. And in the Dorchester area, also 275 with a height of just 10 inches. So those uh, hay stands are, are a ways away. But uh, again, getting anxious. It's Memorial Day, although Memorial Day, as we said, a little early. All right, we're uh, about 19 minutes before 6 o'clock. Still got lots to do on a Friday morning here at Wax. Oh, my goodness. Did you see Bob's gorgeous soybean rose? Um, totally. I couldn't believe how clean, weed-free his entire field looked. I'm, like, so jealous. I heard he started using this new post-applied residual herbicide called Perpetual, and it's burned down in long-lasting residual powers, making his soybeans, like, literally the talk of the town. Ah, so Perpetuo's is secret. Yep. Talk to your retailer or visit valent.com slash Perpetuo to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And speaking of weeds, I did have a chance to visit a pretty good conversation with uh, Rodrigo Worley yesterday. Rodrigo is our state weed specialist, uh, cropping systems weed specialist. He's been busy getting his plots in, and we talked about weeds, the ones to be concerned about, what the recommendations are now. So we'll hear that uh, first part of next week, Rodrigo's recommendations and, uh, I guess, warnings to get out there and control these weeds because, obviously, there are always lots of weeds growing and uh, getting off to a good start. Got the crops in the ground, so uh, we got some good potential for some good crops this year, and let's not let the weeds take it away. So we'll visit with Rodrigo Worley uh, as the uh, first part of next week. All right, 61 degrees cloudy. It's going to be mostly cloudy today. High is going to be probably just in the low 70s. Tomorrow, 70 is about as good as it gets, but then some heat and humidity coming in on Sunday, high about 80. But again, precipitation during that period probably Later tomorrow and into tomorrow afternoon, it'll be uh, be kind of wet around the area. All right, we got to get to some Friday market reports. Scott, where are we going first? Let's go over to Equity Altoona to hear the latest from Mark Koger. Fed cattle division, no test. The slaughter cows are trading on a little lower tone. Twenty percent of cows selling from forty-six to fifty-two. We topped at fifty-two and a half. Sixty percent of cows selling from thirty-eight to forty-six. With twenty percent of cows selling below thirty-eight. Most of the slaughter bulls on Thursday. Selling from 60 to 75, we topped at 78. Thin, full, bulls over a ton. Horn bulls and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the Holstein bull calves on Thursday weighing 95 pounds and up. Selling from 50 to $90 per head with the light and poor quality calves. Selling low, your fancy beef calves. Selling from 50 to $150 per head. Quick reminder, next special feeder sale here at the Altoona Market will be Friday, May the 29th. For more information on that sale or to consign cattle, please give us a call here at the market. That number is 715 835 3104. Now, this is Mark Kogers from the Equity L2 Auction Market. Have a great day. All right, Mark. You have a great day, too. Let's continue with markets from the Equity Barn. Stratford, we go. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. How you doing? Well, Bob, and a very good morning to you. We're doing good this morning. Uh, probably overcast morning, but a nice, pleasant morning. Uh, 
actually uh, very good sleeping weather for the option of those that uh, can go back to bed or stay in bed <laughs> or whatever. But Not a bad opportunity, that's that for sure. Yet, yeah. anyway. <laughs> so, uh, but Monday you're closed, right? Yes, sir. All right, Monday well. Memorial Day and observance of Mem- Memorial Day Equity Stratford will be closed. We will open up for bright and early Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock with the hay auction. So Anybody uh, there Monday to that. take cattle? Uh, what is that? Anybody there Monday to take cattle? I don't know, Bob. To be honest with you, I can't answer that. They All right. Let me know. I don't know if All right. or not. Well, we'll find out. Hey, what's the uh, wrap up? Do wrap the, up the, uh, yeah, call a call a barn. Call a barn I had yeah, yet. All right. So we All right. Uh, I didn't check on that, so probably should have. But uh, usually there is on Monday afternoons uh, on a holiday like this from about 3 to 8 in the afternoon. So, uh, and... Uh, but anyway, that's uh, how things are going to be shaping up for next week. So it's uh, all right. Wrap up this like, week it's for us. Memorial Day kind of early this year. So yeah, it the is. is really uh, it's about a, almost a week early. I know it. That's why we can't get excited about making hay. It's going to be wet anyway. But uh, we'll get through it. Hey, wrap up the week. I'll do that, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. Summary from yesterday, Thursday, and this past week here at Equity Stratford. Uh, we'll start off with the market cow auction. Uh, we did see a weaker trend on the cows, uh, especially toward the middle and the end of the week here. On yesterday's sale, the higher-yielding, flushier cows were selling from 47 to a top of 54 and a half. Uh, the majority of the cows here at the end of the week, uh, your average cows were selling from 36 to 47. Thin, plain cows, light carcass cows, below 36. On the bull trade, uh, better-quality bulls are selling between 67 and 78, topping at 80 and a half. Lighter-weight bulls, 60 and below. Fed cattle trade, charge grading Holstein steers, uh, mostly from 72 to 82. Uh, High-yielding choice Holsteins from 82.5 to 84.5. And the select grading cattle, 70 and below. Now to the calf market, uh, mostly steady trend on the bull calves. Uh, we did see the best demand for the bull calves on the Monday auction, but at the close yesterday, 85, 230-pound bull calves were selling from 40 to 120. On Monday's auction, we did see these fancy bull calves sell from 125 to 140. Heifer calves most of the week were between 35 and 80. Beef calves uh, selling from 85 up to a top of 230. Now, as we mentioned, uh, Memorial Day, there will be no auction at Equity Stratford on Monday, May 25th. We'll get underway Tuesday morning at uh, 10 o'clock with the hay auction. At the conclusion of the hay auction, we'll go right into the market animal sale or market sale cows. Uh, fed cattle, also bulls, baby calves on Tuesday also. Wednesday will be the feeder cattle sale. That will be a noontime start for the feeder sale. And Thursday next week we will have our regular auction at 11 o'clock. So three sales for you folks next week. We want to look ahead into June, not that far away. We do have two special sales coming up in the first week of June, including a uh, complete herd dispersal on Tuesday, June 2nd, as part of the dairy sale. That will be a complete herd dispersal of 130 cows, 120 heifers, uh, uh, just a very nice herd of cows, uh, over 70 years of AI breeding in that herd. Again, cows in that herd for everybody's budget. And overall, right now, the herd is averaging 65 pounds of milk, very good components at 3.7 and 3.3 protein, a very low 190 somatic. And uh, most of the cows are, that are bred back are bred to black Angus bulls. So you are going to have a, a beef calves, and those are considerably worth more than Holsteins, as we already know. Also coming up for that sale on Tuesday, the 2nd of June, we do have a consignment of Holstein breeding bulls. And uh, on June 3rd will be our uh, special breeding bull sale, and we are taking consignments for that. We do have a lot of good quality breeding bulls on the list already, and uh, that information with some pictures of these bulls already on our website, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page. So that's all we have this morning. Again, folks, enjoy the weekend. Uh, despite all the stuff that's going on, but it's opening up and folks are getting out. So uh, enjoy Memorial Day and uh, certainly remember why we do it. I guess that's the important thing with all the other stuff. Well, that is for sure. You enjoy it too, Jerry, and we'll talk to you next week. You too. Guys, have a nice weekend. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. About 12 minutes before 6 of wax. Unlock the possible this May with Cub Cadet. Contact Baraboo Implement now through May 31st and enjoy up to $200 off select XT Enduro Series lawn tractors. Treat yourself to a five-star experience that includes incredibly responsive handling, extra-tough fabricated and stamped decks, and breakthrough cutting and bagging performance, all backed by the industry's strongest warranty. See dealer for details. At Baraboo Implement in Rice Lake and St. Croix Falls, you can count on selection, service, and Cub Cadet genuine parts. Want the same internet but more privacy? 
DuckDuckGo's got you covered. With one download, you can search and browse privately, avoiding trackers all for free. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. It's just not Memorial Day without the perfect cookout. With sales on brats, grills, charcoal, chips, and more, we've got the essentials covered. And don't forget Bruce's Beer Cave is fully stocked with your favorite beverages. Now liven up your backyard with new Ashley patio furniture and you are set. Enjoy these Memorial Day deals May 18th to the 25th at Russell's and Mealsville. Russell's of Mealsville, your better living store. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And taking a look at our Board of Trade this morning, we've got corn down a penny for July at 316. Oats up one at 320 a bushel. July wheat down a nickel at 511. Soybeans down a nickel at 829. Meal down 30 cents a ton at 282.20. Country elevator prices, Doomer's Grain Service in Holman, Buck Country Grain in Arcadia, Corn at the elevators today, 295. The soybeans at 815. Elsewhere, as we look at the DTN screen at those country elevator prices, Golden Plumps, 298 with their corn today. At the elevators at Baldwin, Duran, Mondovi, Elmwood, Fall Creek, and Osseo, 266. Beans, 779. Stevens Point, 756 on the beans. Elk Mound, 279 for the corn, 784 for the beans. Down at Sparta, corn's 272. Beans, 775. Over at Ellsworth, 258 on the corn, 779 on the beans. At the ethanol plant, Boyceville, 285 for the corn. Stanley, 279. The Richmond Grain Facility, 277. Cheese prices up. Barrels up uh, three and three quarters yesterday, a dollar eighty-nine. Blocks up a cent and three quarters to one ninety-three and three quarters. Butter up three quarters, one sixty-four and a quarter. Class three a little lower. May down nine at twelve twenty. June down eight at seventeen sixty-three. July also down eight at seventeen oh six. August down sixteen at sixteen fifty-three. September down a dime, and uh, that was sixteen forty-four. So. That's a look at our markets on this Friday morning here at Wax. Countryside Cooperative. Creative solutions. Exceptional value. Alfalfa is starting to get cut, and you could have seen some anthracnose, leaf spot, rust, or black stem, to name a few diseases. If you saw any of those diseases, you should call your local agronomist at Countryside Cooperative and start a conversation about Headline SC fungicide. When using Headline SC from BASF, you can target those diseases and increase leaf retention, have a quicker greenup, increase yield potential, and improve your forage quality. In studies done, they found 31% less leaf spot as well as a 14% yield increase after treating the alfalfa with Headline SC. When regrowth reaches 60 eight inches, Headline SC should be applied before the second cutting. Headline SC is not only limited to alfalfa, it can be used in corn, soybeans, sorghum, oats, and many other crops. To find out more information and usage tips, contact your local Countryside Cooperative Agronomist in Milltown, New Richmond, Ellsworth, Durand, Osseo, and Wamandy. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. On this Memorial Day weekend, we've got Brent Wink with us again on our Countryside Co-op Crop Information Update program. And Brent, you got all your corn in, you got all your beans in, you're going to be able to go camping all weekend for a change, aren't you? Boy, this is amazing, Bob. Number one, Memorial Day weekend's a little earlier than normal, but uh, it's just an amazing season to have as much done as as we do. So, yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll... not be able to use farming as an excuse to avoid life <laughs> the whole weekend. I don't think so, but talking about farming, I mean, you know, so many years past here, we've had to make that decision as we talked before. Do I plant corn? Do I make alfalfa? But as we get to Memorial Day weekend, as you said, a little earlier than normal, but driving around, there's not a lot of height in this alfalfa, but... Uh, Still, we're getting to that time. Better get out and check it. What kind of things are you telling farmers or seeing on those alfalfa stands? Earlier this week, I had some opportunity to be down in the Pigeon Falls area, spent some time out on Shane Goplin's farm, looking at alfalfa out there on his farm and just several other ones in the area. And you're right. I mean, the height of this alfalfa is uh, not what we'd like to see. You know, typically we're looking at peak sticks and they'll kind of give us an indication of plant height versus plant quality and we've done a, a really good job of correlating what it relatively should be a year like this i get a little concerned with that because number one we had a frost 
earlier when we had broke dormancy and that alfalfa had started growing and we got nipped with frost in some areas and then just plain cool temperatures that kind of left that alfalfa stalled out and not growing so while we don't have the height i think we're still really going to have to pay attention to quality we're probably going to start finding some buds in these alfalfa plants and then our quality is really going to start uh, taking a turn so i suspect we're probably going to see some alfalfa starting to be harvested over the weekend here uh, you know the stuff i was in midweek you're looking at 12 to 14 inch tall alfalfa that was probably some of the better stuff that i've seen but it's one of those where typically on a first cutting 40 to 50 percent of our annual yield is in that first cutting so we want to make sure that we're getting a good quality crop out of that unfortunately like you said this year that first cutting is going to be a little bit a little bit behind not quite the same tonnage that we've seen in the past and as we look though as we said this is a little early, so it's it's not panic. I mean, we've still got a whole another week in May after Memorial Day. You know, like I said, Memorial Day is a little bit earlier, so it's kind of got us feeling like we're a little bit behind. So certainly we still have time to uh, let some additional growth happen out there. The other thing we're kind of seeing in some of these fields I want to just touch on a little bit is that beautiful yellow flowers that we don't like to see. As a farmer, you know, we've got yellow rocket out in a lot of alfalfa fields and also dandelions. Now, fortunate part with being as early as we are, a couple of things. Uh, yellow rocket, if we can take the harvest before things go to seed, uh, that can certainly help us. And some of these fields with really heavy dandelion infestations, growers probably going to want to take a look at what's the quality of that stand. If we can get 50% of the yield off that first cut and we're still at the beginning of June and that alfalfa stand wasn't real good out there perhaps some of those fields we can take out of alfalfa throw in some corn silage and kind of get uh, dual use out of some of those fields so even some of our new seeding fields from last year I'm seeing a lot of yellow rocket out in some of those fields uh, certainly some of them if they're around a ready alfalfa if we can have some herbicide applications maybe throughout the growing season one time or definitely this fall to make a, a glyphosate application to clean up some of those fields to make sure that we're able to kind of take all those weeds out of there. That's kind of one of the benefits of having that technology in those plants is uh, an opportunity to utilize that. So fields are a little little weedier than we've seen in the past and like I say that alfalfa wasn't as aggressive and it kind of gave a little advantage to some of these weeds to get ahead of it as well so and thank you Brent Brent Wink on our countryside co-op crop information update program hopefully we'll be able to get him back in the studio here pretty soon but Memorial Day weekend and there's a lot of a lot of Packer fans in these farms because these alfalfa fields are green and gold that's for sure so uh, again Mm -hmm. Do what you have to do. You maybe want to even take them out if they're being overwhelmed. That's after this first cutting. Well, we've got uh, 61 degrees. Memorial Day weekend is upon us. Both Scott and I will be gone on Monday, but uh, back on Tuesday. So, uh, Scott, have a good, safe Memorial Day weekend. Absolutely, you too, and I hope everybody remembers why. Absolutely. Very important. Remember why we celebrate Memorial Day. And, again, a happy birthday to our buddy Bob Berglund over in the Loyal Area journalist over there for so many years and turning 90 today happy birthday bob enjoy it 61 and cloudy right now the crohn's and colitis foundation have been at the forefront